G'day, here we're Phil Donato, member for Orange, and here we are with Pete Gerber uh, of Pioneer Brewing, and uh, we're going to be shooting the breeze. A new, well, this is the first time we've done this, a new uh, uh, form of uh, talking to people in our community, finding out interesting people and finding out what's going on and how they've come to be and where they are, and uh, Pete, welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks and for choosing our venue, I guess you could say, as your first Official launch of your podcast? Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Now, I'm trying the Cargo Gold, which is uh, quite a nice drop, I must say. I had a bit of a taste earlier. Oh, which is always good when you're having a good drop. <laughs> now, tell us, Pete, how long have you been here in, um, in, in Bowen Park making beer for? Uh, so, we've been living in Bowen Park, I think. Oh, must be pushing on nearly eight, nine years now, I think it is. Yep. Uh, the beer side of things has been going just over two years. Yeah. So, how did, how did you get into making Beer. Like, what, what got you into brewing beer and oh. to where we are today? <laughs> yeah, I think originally when I first got into it, it's I think like any home brewer, you got to cut the buck somewhere and make cheap grog, I guess you <laughs> could say. So um, it originally started off as home brewing. Yeah, right. Um, that was actually, believe it or not, um, it never started off as, I would say, as a home brewing challenge or anything along those lines. Yeah. I actually used to work overseas, yeah. and some of the countries that I used to work in never had alcohol. Right. It was actually against the law. If you actually got caught with alcohol, it was six months imprisonment. Right. Well. And we used to do three months at sea. So yeah. it was three months at sea, one month at home. Yes. So you can imagine three months at sea, no grog. Yes. So we decided we used to pinch stuff out of the galley, yes. um, all the fruit juices and everything else, find the baker's yeast, so put, them into, put them into garbage bags of all things. Wow. Find straws, put them in the back of shipping containers, and they'd ferment out at of sometimes 40, 45 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, when we used to go back in, and I used to work as a commercial diver at the time, uh, we'd go into saturation. Uh, yeah. So we'd be technically under pressure for like 21 days. Yeah. So you take your little special bag of clothes into <laughs> saturation with you, and all the divers were always happy when you'd come in there with your your special bag, bag, special bag. Everyone had a black bag for some reason. And yeah, you'd go inside there, ask for a lot of soft drinks to obviously blend it. Yep. And everyone would be happy for a good few hours while we were drinking it. But the hangovers were like three, four days. It was nasty oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember as a junior diver at the time, standing in dive control, watching the divers in the chamber. Yeah. And the company man, I think it was BP or ExxonMobil yeah. at the time, was actually going, like, the divers are really friendly. And it's like, they're all talking. And I remember the, the, the super, superintendent actually turning around and going, oh, well, they haven't seen each other for like weeks. So it's someone new to talk to. Yeah. The following day, I'm back up there again. And he goes, the divers are very quiet. <laughs> and that must have been hangover <laughs> period, like, kicking time. Banana. And the supervisor goes, oh, I think they've had enough to say to each other at the moment. I think they're over it now. So everyone's just quiet, having quiet time. <laughs> and when I experienced it for the first time, I understood what quiet time was. Like, yeah. you yeah. did not make a noise in there. Because yeah, right. we would share eight, ten people in a chamber, yep. and you could be in there for 21 days. So when it was hangover time, you enjoyed your hangover very quietly. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, going from that, uh, moved to West Australia. Yeah. Oh, moved to Australia after a few years, yep. and then moved to West Australia and started homebrewing proper beer, I yep. guess you could say. And, yep. yeah, that expanded into, uh, I guess you could say, until I met my wife, and then she changed my whole life from having one shelf of food and everything else is beer. That was both cupboards and fridges, to actually having more food and everything else. <laughs> changing me from a, your diet. yeah, changing me from a bachelor's <laughs> life to where I am today. I guess you could say having the greens and everything that you need to eat. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we moved over here uh, about eight nine years ago, I think it was. And obviously, 
I don't like a lot of the mainstream beers that are sold here in Australia. I just don't believe in them, and I don't believe the quality of the beer is there. Mm -hmm. So I started homebrewing again, and yep. I actually blame my wife for where we are today. <laughs> um, she kicked me out of the kitchen, so it's her fault for brewing in the kitchen to the back patio. She kicked me off the back patio because I was taking up too much space to another little shed. And then we actually built a little brewery over there behind you. Um, and when we got that all going and everything else, it kind of looked like a meth lab. Everything was nice and clean. <laughs> and that's when we decided, well, it's time to maybe take it to the next level. And here we are. This is where we are today. Wow. And you're on the farm here. That's correct. You grow a lot of your own ingredients. That's correct. Grow and capture. Yes. So, so we actually one of five breweries in Australia. We the only ones in New South Wales to actually grow our malting barley on site. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we are extremely humble to be able to do that, to be able to take a... Just in the a, paddock out that door. Literally just out that door. Take yeah, it from right. grain to glass all the way. Yeah, um, I like that grain to glass. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, obviously, as you can see, the size of the shed we're yeah. in here has got an awesome catchment. So the little bit of rain that's been coming through has been awesome. It's been topping our rainwater tank up just enough just to keep us going on the, I guess you could say, the brewing waterfront. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't use all of that rainwater tank for brewing here in the brewery. Yeah. Um, it's only for making beer. When we talk about cleaning and doing everything else, we actually have an irrigation license here on site. Okay. So we take that water, we treat it with reverse osmosis, yeah. where we strip all the minerals out of the water and make it like there's nothing in it. It's yeah. very bland. Technically, that is actually probably the better water to brew with. Yeah. But we find that our rainwater does what we want it to do, and then we use that for washdown here in the brewery. Mm -hmm. um, being farmers... Uh, we are trying to be as sustainable as possible and we also realize water is a commodity mm. so we don't waste that water coming out of the brewery we actually send it right down the hill we've got brewery wastewater tanks yeah, right. and in those tanks we actually treat them get the ph levels right the sulfates and everything and the potassium and then we actually pump that under our loosened paddocks out the front here so that actually goes ah. and gets recycled again yeah so and it's a whole you know um oh, whole system in it recyclable system almost we've I think any business that's out here today that doesn't believe in sustainability mm. um, is probably not going in the right direction. And then I, I tell people this, don't get me wrong, I'm no tree hugger by any means. I'm not here to try to save the world, but I am trying to do my best as a business owner and for the next generation or people coming through. Yeah. So what we've done to help with that, we've put over 50 kilowatts of solar panels on the roof here. Yeah, wow. So our brewery runs for free during daylight hours. Yeah. Uh, one of our targets this year is to actually focus on nighttime energy usage. All right. We've already put contingencies in place for that, like our cool room runs on timers. So at around about 8 p.m. at night, our cool room shuts off because there's no activity in and out, moving package Over stuff in and out. So yep. it, it holds temperature. It kicks back on around about 5 a.m. in the morning. Yep. And we lose about 0.5 of a degree overnight, which is not enough oh. to affect anything. But it's just stopping that refrigeration unit yeah, from cycling yeah. unnecessarily. Um, and it's our, like our spent grain here in the brewery. We don't waste that. Obviously, I'm sure everyone knows where we live, that we've been in the drought for quite some time. Uh, we've been fortunate enough that we haven't had to buy hay in yeah, well. to the property, even though we've got our sheep here. So all of our spent grain from the brewery, we actually feed it to our sheep. Mm -hmm. It sits at around about 18 to around about 24% in protein. Yeah, right. So it's actually worked as a supplementary, supplementary yeah. feed just to keep our sheep going. And... Our spent hops, we don't pour that down the drain either. We Most recently, we've been capturing our spent hops and actually using it as a compost around the farm. 
throw it on top of the trees, keeps all that nice moisture yeah. under the trees, and there's a lot of vitamins left in hops. Yeah. And we've also just installed a brand new centrifuge here in the brewery, oh, right. which allows us to separate all of our yeast away from our beer, but capture it. Yeah. And we're now able to feed that to our sheep, and it sits around about 27% protein. Wow, that's pretty and good. And they enjoy in that. So we're doing our bit. We, well, we're trying our hardest to do our bit. But yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're doing well. And we've got here... Some of the ranges of uh, cans that you've got, obviously the Cargo Gold, the Kolsch. Yep. Uh, summer wheat. What, what are you, some of your differences in the in the beers that you're manufacturing now? Uh, I actually got asked this question today: How many beers are in our range? And I think yeah, we're up. To, I think we're up to seventeen. Wow. Um, we've got our core range, and we believe in our core range. Uh, otherwise, we then we wouldn't have it as a core. Um, and right through from your most basic beer, most recently we added our Jackaroo, which is our midstream lager. Uh, we brought that out to compete with the likes of your Great Northern. Oh, yeah. Uh, difference between us, obviously, in Great Northern, we're 100% Australian owned, and we do pay all our taxes here in Australia. Unlike Great Northern, is owned by Colton United Breweries, um, and I believe 90 cents in every dollar in that beer goes overseas. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, we bought that out because. We believe in our community, and when our community asks us a question, we try and respond to it. If they say, hey, we want a new beer, we want something light, bright, and easy going, we listen. But we can't listen to everyone, but we have. So when we first got started, we never had our Stockman's Lager or the Cargo Gold in our range at all. Our beers were a little bit more hop-driven and a little bit more malty. And everyone said, Pete, we need light, bright, and easy. And ever since we made the Stockman's and the Gold, they became our fastest-selling beers, like yeah, almost right. overnight. Yeah. Uh, most recently, we've added a new beer in, the Jackaroo, and that's also right up there with the rest. So we do listen to our community because yeah. we can't build this and yeah. we can never sustain ourselves without yeah. our community backing us. Have you got a favourite? Personal favourite? Uh, I do. Which one? Uh, the one I canned lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I get asked this all the time. And the reason I say it's the one I can lost, uh, we are fortunate, uh, the guys and even the girls that work here in the brewery, um, that we get to drink the freshest beer that's out there. Yeah. So we get to take it straight out of the tank as fresh as it comes and really enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah that's where I often get asked, what's your favourite? It's like, oh, we packaged that one yesterday, so that's my new favourite. <laughs> and then we might package something the next day and it's once again the same. Where, where did the name Pioneer come from? Um, it's a bit of an interesting one. That uh, We spent quite a lot of time going back and forth between beer names and, brewery names and everything else. Uh, the original name that we came up with, uh, let's just say the Minister of War and Finance, my wife, didn't approve of. And so we, we started going back and forth, back and forth, and we started to look at uh, history around us. What was what made this area where we live so unique? And then we found out, oh, just down, literally not even three k's down the road was one of the Cobb & Co. stop-offs. And then we looked at all the history that came the whole area, and then even one of our beers, Major Mitchell, mm. named after uh, he was one of the founders of the Mitchell yeah, Highway and one of the one of the good pioneers and everything. And then the interesting name that kept popping up between all of these was the pioneer. He was a pioneer in this, and there was a pioneer in that, and the, so that's when the name pioneer started. Mm. Well, we both clicked on the same. Well, that name's there quite a bit, and they were like, surely there's got to be a brewery in Australia called Pioneer Brewing. Mm. Uh, we looked it up. We obviously did all the trademark mm. looking if it was registered, and it wasn't at the time, and we were like, I guess that's Jump it. It's, it. And 
yeah, we're extremely proud to have a name like that. And mm. um, I personally have never owned a brewery in my life, and nobody in, as far as my family history, I've none of them have ever owned a brewery in my wife's history. No one's ever owned a brewery, so it just seemed like the right thing to do to be pioneering Polly. something new to our family history. So yeah, yeah. terrific, terrific. That's no, a terrific name. You often see you often see you at uh, different community events, food, you know, markets, uh, stalls. Uh, you get down to Sydney a lot, Canberra. Yep. Uh, you must be busy on the road a lot, getting a lot to these uh, markets and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think, like I mentioned before, without a community, we are nothing. Mm. Um, so we do our best to engage with our community on a regular basis. Mm. We also try to do our bit for charity. So I am going to do an unashamed plug out right now and say yep. we are actually sponsoring one of the shitbox challenges. Uh, so one of the cars that are putting the rally together where they actually, they, this, oh, yeah. year, this year they're doing from Mackay all the way up to Darwin. Um, and all that money goes to cancer. Mm -hmm. So we've been approached. Uh, they love our beer and they came to us and they said, hey, would Pioneer be happy to be on board? Um, I've had cancer in my family. Yeah. My wife's had cancer in her family. And yeah. it just seemed like the natural thing to do to support something that yeah. affects a lot of us. So, yeah, we've jumped on board. So in the corner over there, we've got that old rusted 40-gallon drum there. There's a reason why it's there. It's for donations to... Anyone who comes into our brewery to put their little bit forward to help these guys yeah, uh, jump forward. Uh, Tomo and Sons, that's yep. the name of the group that's going up. Yep. Uh, we've got a special, um, I guess you could say an attachment yep. that's going to happen for them yep. from Pioneer. Yep. And they're super pumped about it. Yep. And yeah, so we do that. Uh, we, I think it was last year or year before, we did the Hills of Orange yep. in collaboration with the Queeners group. And that was the Wild Hogs beer. Yep. And all the profits from that beer went to prostate cancer. So we we, we tried a bit. Don't get me wrong. We're like any other business. Uh, we've also got to keep everything afloat. Yeah. But at the same time, where if we can help, we will try and help someone else. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's terrific. Where can you buy your beer? I know, obviously, we spoke about um, at markets. But what about, uh, you know, establishments in Orange or in the Central West? Or I know you've got some... Uh, connections in Sydney that you, yeah. where you can buy your beer from? Oh, we could be here for a while. <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. <laughs> um, so here in Orange, um, bottle shop wise, yeah. um, any of the independent bottle shops. So, so you've got the Quinos, uh, yeah. you've got Orange Sellers, Lane Sellers, um, the Royal Bottle Shop. So all of them are independents yeah. and that's what we believe in. That, that's why... Yeah. Our industry backs that. Um, we also do a lot of other bottle shops, whether it be down in Sydney, out west, and everything else. And we've we've actually found, I guess you could say, all of our support comes from the family-run businesses. Yeah, right. And we personally prefer working with those yep. kind of businesses. Yep. And even like some of the venues that we stock here in Orange. Yeah. Uh, whether it be restaurants or the likes, uh, we actually found when we have that personal relationship with them we find that our business works well with them we they work well with us because they understand what we do and we yeah. understand what they do and we find that whether it comes to a point where we can promote them or cross promote yeah. we try to do it as much as we can so yeah it's just working i guess together yeah it's the easiest way to explain it so i think you can get your beer on tap in there's a, there's a few pubs around 
Yeah, yellow and orange. Um, obviously, you can go to the likes of Zona, where and, and yep. it's a tap rotation thing. So yep. we're not there every single day, but you've got the likes of Zona, Greenhouse of Orange, the Lord Anson. Yep. Uh, we've been in the Canobolis Hotel. Um, we in Chard. Then you can just pick up our package stuff at the Ground Stone. You can pick it up at Sweden Silver Salts. Yeah, so even um, most recently Ashcroft IGA, yeah. we've even got our beers in there and they have family run business. Yeah, and they they do business. quite a bit for the community. They and do. We were humbled when they approached us and, and know, said, hey, we'd like to. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's terrific. Now, um, when you're not brewing beer, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're busy brewing beer a lot, but when you're not brewing beer or, or working in the shed here, um, what do you like doing? What, uh, what, what, what do you do to let your hair down or to relax? Oh, most surprisingly, when I do get my quiet time, when it's out of the brew, it's generally around the farm. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, I don't mind sitting in the tractor for hours on end, putting seed in the ground. It's, it gives me a bit of me time. Yeah. And sometimes I think everyone needs that. Nobody's bothering me. There's nothing else yeah. in my world that I have to worry about. Nobody can ring me because I can't hear them anyway. I'm in yeah, a tractor, yeah, yeah. so. I think I saw some footage on Facebook. Might have been last year or the year before, where you were driving in a tractor, and um, I think you were harvesting actually. Yep. And uh, it was terrific. And I know what you mean. You sit in the tractor. I'm a bit the same. You can sit on the tractor or on the ride-on or whatever it might be. And you can just zone out. Yep. And you just you just use your time to think and oh, contemplate sure. things and just relax a bit. Yeah, I I often get told by my wife, "Hey, we need to get them." Lawn mower, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get to it." She was like, "No, we'll get someone." It's like, "No, no, you don't understand." Bro. Like, I need that as my time. Yeah, I need to jump on that mower. I love the smell of grass when it's just being cut and everything. Yeah. I was like, "It's your quiet time." It's, yeah, even though the machines are making that noise, that's your quiet time. Other than that, rugby. I love my rugby. I love yeah rugby union. I've grown up in it. Um, every boy in our family's played it. Yeah, and yeah, we're keeping that tradition going with our young fellows. So. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, uh, I did a chat to him earlier, and. Uh, He's killing his rugby. Yeah. No, you've, uh, I, for me personally, the thing I love about rugby, no matter how big you are, no matter how small you are, no matter what your size is, there's, there's a, a position for you someone on the field. There's a somewhere, isn't there? Exactly that. That's and the thing with rugby. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what body shape you have or how fit or, or how unfit you might be. There's a position oh, yeah. somewhere on the field for you yeah. with rugby, and which is true. They, they often say the difference between a... The only way to tell the difference between a prop sprinting or running is just the expression on their face. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a that's probably quite apt. And the cellar door here, do, do you do much through the door, like sales wise or uh, tasting wise? Oh, uh, we we don't open every weekend. Um, as you mentioned, we we had quite a lot of events. Um, yeah, I know. I know you so know. we we're always running around trying to do our bits and. Mm. Um, and it's, we don't look at any event as, um, how do I explain this, as a money-making scheme or anything yeah. like that. Like We've got the cargo markets up the road here. We do that every time that's on, and we're yeah. proud to be part of it because it's only a community down yeah, the road yeah. that we would support. Most recently, we did the, not most recently, Christmas markets down in Kidel, yeah. uh, which a lot of people, were, I think, underestimated. We did personally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, they got that pub in Kudau. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> they got burnt down. Yeah, they, they don't have a pub, but what happened was... Um, they got the open one up there. Yeah, they, they, put a, they put in for a Christmas market. Obviously, we're a brewery, so we took the license here after the whole event and mm. took some beers down. And let's just say we got a little bit overwhelmed uh, yeah, to the right. point where I actually had to drive back to the brewery and restock, restock. Midway. So, um, which... Good problem. Well, it was 
that'd be fantastic just to get everyone out the door. Um, not just from a for us from a sales point of view, like mm. that that wasn't what we look at it as a brewery. But it was just more of a we're in a drought. Mm. Uh, all these things have been going on. Just to have your neighbour who probably doesn't leave his farm mm. when he's not doing farm work to actually put him in to a situation where he can actually talk to the next person who's next to him of going through the same thing yeah, and just relieve that mental health and go, hey, Matt, I haven't had any rain. Uh, neither have I. Yeah. And just to that open conversation. that conversation, mm. uh, we often tell people it's easier to ask someone to go for a beer than it is to ask them for a cup of coffee. Yeah. But obviously we know alcohol and mental health are not really the right things to mix, but for us personally, we find at least it gets them out the door. Yeah. And that's the first step. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. very important. No, that's true. Now, how many people would you employ here at the, at the plant here? I call it a plant. The brewery. The brewery. It looks like a plant. Look at all these beautiful stainless steel tanks you've got. Looks like, um, like it, it's almost as clean as a pit garage, a Formula One team. You know? uh, like it's, everything's we, in its place. All we we often tell people that <laughs> we, we're not like those. those. barrels over there. Look at them. Yeah, well, those like barrels have actually got some. What have they got in them? Uh, Russian Imperial Stouts on there. It's in around about 10%, that bourbon barrel aged. Yeah. They'll yeah. be coming up pretty soon. Okay. Um, but uh, in regards to the hygiene, we often tell people we're not like those dirty, dirty people called winemakers, <laughs> where they can walk around in their product barefoot and then sell it to you. Don't get me wrong, we're extremely, we've got a lot of winemaking friends and yeah. we've got a lot of winemakers that support us and support our product. But it's more, we're extremely vulnerable to bacterial infection here yeah. at the brewery just because of the way we're lowering pH, uh, higher in pH, lowering alcohol and lowering sulfate. So that's why everything always has to be cleaned. Yeah. Um, we've got full-time staff here that work here. Uh, we've got one permanent full-time. And then we rotate between about three or four casuals, depends yeah. on what time of the year it is. Yeah. Um, we've had a few guys that are doing, I guess you could say almost their gap, yeah. uh, between leaving school and actually joining the military or the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. So we prefer I wouldn't say we prefer them, but we just like guys like that because they're more structured. Yeah, and yeah. so we've had guys like that. We've had a few armor reserve guys come and working with us when they're not on deployment or helping out. Yeah. And so we enjoy that. We've had a few girls coming through the brewery, yeah. uh, either trying to gain more knowledge in the brewery scene or trying to like move forward in life to, I don't know, maybe want to open their own brewery or yeah. move up in the brewing scene. So yeah. it's been pretty good. Like I said, we have, we don't, I guess you could say discriminate on gender or anything here. Yeah, it's like if you come here and you have a passion for beer, like we'll generally try to find a spot if we can yeah. to, to fit you in. Yeah, terrific. And, what yeah. about, um, you were telling me a story earlier about um, when you were going in Canberra at Parliament House, you met Bob Catter with his, with his hat. Tell, <laughs> us, tell us about that. That's a funny story. Yeah, so we actually went down to Canberra, I think it was just over two and a half weeks ago, I think it would yeah. have been about now. And... There was a few breweries there, and we were there, obviously, for the Independent Brewers Association. Yeah. And I was the only brewery, and we're still extremely proud of that. It's actually a farm-based brewery. Yeah. So when Bob Catter found out there was a sheep farmer outside, <laughs> I think he found that it was not right for him not to go and say hello. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. To a sheep farmer. And he actually walked up to me, first person he walked up to, and he actually took his hat off when he shook my hand, which... I thought it was extremely humbling of the man to actually take his hat off yeah. and show respect. And when he took his hat off, I don't know why, but I actually took his hat off him and I said, thank you, is this for me? 
And I put the hat on my head. And I said, not a problem. I'll give you a beer in return. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Bob doesn't drink beer. Ah. He drinks rum and milk. Rum and milk. Well, that's the Queensland way. Bum yeah. beer and milk. Yeah. Did so you keep the hat? I didn't keep the hat. Uh, oh, okay. He did drink the beer, which I give him credit <laughs> for. Um, every other minister that was standing around decided to photobomb that whole picture and take pictures of me with Bobcat his hat on and yeah. Bob in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do, I give respect to the man. He didn't find any offense in it. He actually thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he had a laugh. Uh, and he actually said that it, it is humbling to shake a sheep farmer's hand. So yeah. he did ask the sheep, which we won't go into <laughs> because it is, that's another political in the sheep scene. Um, but yeah. So, no, it was good. Uh, it was really nice where Anthony Albanese uh, came out there, elbow, and yeah, a few other ministers, agricultural minister yeah, and everyone else. So, uh, really, I guess you could say it put a, a different side to politics mm. that I'd never seen before yeah. because you normally see politicians on TV or you see yeah. what they're all about. Um, and obviously the press, the, the, the press puts them sometimes in different categories, but to be able to talk to them, sit there like we're doing now, have yeah. a beer with them, and yeah. actually understand that, hey, these are also human beings, and they have most, the same most, feelings you're going through. <laughs> most so. of them are fairly normal people. Yeah. <laughs> most. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, um, and obviously being a small business owner, um, you've had the drought. Yep. Uh, bushfires, although fortunately the bushfires probably weren't too close, but you would have probably smoked. Oh, interestingly what are, enough. What are some been... of the other challenges as a small business owner? I think the bushfire has affected everyone. Yeah. Um, and not personally like us here where we've had the fire on our doorstep, mm. but to the point even venues in Sydney have been affected. Yeah. And people will look at that and they go, well, why is a venue in Sydney being affected? Mm. Because when things are going wrong, people tighten up their purse strings. Mm. And a lot of the cash flow doesn't always come from the CBD. It could uh, be your tourism, it could be anything else. Yeah, yeah. So it's a knock-on effect no matter what. And... I think as Australians, everyone bands together, which is, yeah. for me, it's probably, the, I've been to over 70 countries. Yeah. Um, there's only one other country I've actually, around. yeah, there's actually one, only one other country in the world that I've ever experienced where they band this hard together. Yeah, right. It's actually Israel. Israel. Yeah, they, right. they back each other 100%. Yeah, right. And this is what I love about Australia. They back each other 100%. Yeah. And it's not, no matter what your ethnic group is, whether you're from yeah. country, you're Australian, We'll stand together, and yep. that's what I love. Yep. So you do have those challenges there, small business-wise. I think it's the same as anyone else. If mm. nobody, and we've had a few customers here within our brewery where we we've supplied them beer, mm. and they haven't paid their bill on time, mm. and we will email them or message them and go, "Hey guys, like mm. we understand what you're going through. Mm. So just talk to us." Mm. And we've had customers that come to us and like extremely embarrassed about the fact that they don't have money to pay their bills. And we're like, guys, we understand where you're at. We understand what you're doing and what you're going through. All we're asking is, hey, acknowledge what your problem might be and we'll work at, we'll work through it together. It's not a, a you and us and you owe us money yeah. and that's what it is. It's like we go through the same position you're going through and the same as every other business is going through. So, yeah, there is some challenges there. Other than that, we back each other and we try to have the good times and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Well, look, Pete. Well done. Thanks for taking part in our first uh, shoot in the breeze and um, wish you all the best, you and your family tomorrow and the kids do a great job here, uh, Pioneer Brewing. doesn't matter where I go across the Central West uh, 
at shows or fairs or markets or whatever, I often see you guys out. If I don't see you uh, at a fair or something, I see that black van driving up and down the roads uh, around all over well, the place. Well, well if you go to a place that doesn't have a beer, do you want me to load you up today so you can <laughs> deliver it for us? <laughs> but look, it's great to see us, you know, a, a regional based business, small business like you guys, to come to from where you have uh, to this now and, and with the success of your business. Uh, to you and, and Tamara's hard work, dedication, perseverance. Yeah. Congratulations. I wish you all the best and thanks for taking part in uh, shooting the breeze. Oh, thank you for, like I said, for coming out here. Yeah. And, uh, I think, as you know, without our community, we're nothing. And I'm sure the community's back to you to put you where you are today, and which is extremely awesome. So, yeah, yeah thanks a lot. Good on you. Thanks, Cheers. Pete. All the best, mate. No thank worries. You. Cheers.